It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me today is my guest, Rob Waldo Waldman, a motivational keynote speaker, leadership expert, a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of the book, Never Fly Solo. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a CEO, entrepreneur, business owner, sales manager, customer success manager, or just a sales rep, knowing how to be a leader is an essential element of your success. I mean, the best salespeople are strong leaders that inspire their customers to take a journey with them. But it's not as simple as just saying, hey, I'm a leader. It's not as simple as just being the boss and assuming that people are going to follow you where you lead. My guest today, Waldo Waldman, has a distinguished military career and has used that experience to become a leadership expert. He's going to help us understand what it takes to be a leader in business, in sales, and in life. So, Waldo, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Andy. So, take a minute, introduce yourself. You know, tell us how your journey is sort of from aviator to leadership expert. Well, for me, it's always about challenge. Uh, you know, I, when I joined the Air Force, uh, became a fighter pilot, it was always about stretching and growing and, and taking on a challenge. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with some of my background, but I overcame claustrophobia and, and a fear of heights. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, so, yeah, so let's, let's talk about that for a yeah, second. Yeah. So, now, were, did you go to the Air Force Academy? I went to the Air Force Academy. Okay. Yep. And so, at that time, you knew you were claustrophobic and had fear of heights. <laughs> Actually, I only knew I had a fear of heights. Uh, I, I never jumped off of uh, the diving boards at the local community pool. I didn't go on Space Mountain at Disney World. I was a kid. I was always the wimp, right? My all twin right, brother. So, all right. So, so knowing that, what, what led you to say, well, geez, I want to become a fighter pilot? Well, my dad was a pilot, or, or not a pilot, uh, a mechanic in the uh, airlines, and he used to take us to the to work with him every so often. I just got hooked on planes. I loved the smell of jet fuel, the machinery, the cockpit, and as long as they weren't in the air, right, right. <laughs> but, but, but I realized then that that my passion was greater than my fear. The passion for the aircraft, the passion for being in control, the challenge, the thrill was greater than that fear of heights that I knew I'd have. Uh, so, so for me, it was all about stepping outside of my comfort zone and going for my dreams and, and, and stretching and growing. So I said, you know what, the best way to be a pilot and to, to be in the coolest jets was to go to the Air Force. Uh, so I went, went to the Air Force Academy, was fortunate enough to get accepted and graduated, became an instructor teaching men and women how to fly. And I excelled at that fortunately, and was then given the opportunity to fly anything I wanted to. And, uh, uh, chose the F-16, which was actually a tough choice because, as we mentioned before, uh, I had I developed claustrophobia. Um, three years of my 11-year flying career, I almost died in a scuba diving accident 30 or 40 feet under the water, and it brought out this latent claustrophobia that I never thought I had and uh, just kind of shifted everything for me. I went from flying, you know, uh, you know being an instructor pilot, and then suddenly saying, I got to get that guy out of this plane. But once again, the thrill, the challenge, the passion for, for not giving up on my dreams and for going for it and for leading my life was greater than the fear of claustrophobia, uh, panic attacks or heights or whatever. So, so I just kind of had that hybrid in me, that, 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 
neuroses, that psychosis, whatever it is to say, I'm going for it. Nobody's going to stop me. I've got to break free, step out of my comfort zone and, and go for my dreams. But how do you overcome? I mean, I've, I've had that once where I, you know, as you and I talked before we got on the air, is, you know, I've had years where I've flown 200,000 plus miles for business. And I had that happen to me. One day I showed up <laughs> for a commercial flight, got on the plane and yeah, I just felt the, the walls closing in. Right. So I could get up and leave. What, what, what do you do when you're in a, an F-16? Yeah, yeah you better, it's, full, it's about full commitment, Andy. It is, yeah. Commitment. And that's what I talk about a lot of my programs is, you know, how do you commit? How do you fully engage? How do you give everything you have to put your attitude and your mindset into action? And subsequently, subsequently deal with the proverbial missiles of life and business that are going to get shot at you as you strap in and fly the mission. And so those challenges, the claustrophobias, the panic attacks, the fears, the anxieties, the doubts, the rejections that we deal with in sales and business are all part of life. It's all part of our relationships. Even if you're in a marriage, you're going to deal with them. But full commitment comes from an internal drive, this passion that says, I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to lead from the inside out. Uh, I've got other people depending on me for my commitment, right? In combat, you know, I had my, my wingman dependent on me. And in business, you have your customers, your, your children's educations, your, your spouse. Other people are dependent on you. So a lot of it has to do with thinking outside the cockpit, I call it, realizing that, that there's external influences that, that, that motivate your internal actions, but ultimately, it has to come from this innate spirit that's inside of you that uh, uh, is all about growth. It's all about stretching. And was it, I mean, I know that's oversimplifying things, but was it that simple for you? I Absolutely mean, not. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, no. just how did, how did you transition back into that? that comfort zone. So, and, and we can talk about this for an hour. Straight. Yeah, well, just two, a few and, minutes uh, on that. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I coach a lot of folks on, on this and how to deal with their, their issues and challenges because it's ultimately about taking action. It's not about being fearless and, not, and saying, you know, I'm going to take action. I'm going to blow off my fear. It's about truly facing that fear and saying, you know what? On the opposite side of fear is growth. On the opposite side of fear is, is uh, my, my business development, is a great relationship, is my next commission check, it's, it's uh, my next uh, fitness competition. Whatever it is that you want to go for, you have to be solely focused on the outcome, the target. Because if, you, if you're currently dealing with your, your garbage and you can't see the outcome and you lose sight of that, it's go you're going to get into your own head and you're going to be focused on the fear. Focus on the outcome. Focus on what you see as your best self, as your best outcome. And then also make sure you're surrounding yourself with other people who can coach you, who can inspire you, who can help you prepare, call your bluff challenge you to be better than who you currently are. And I, I couldn't have done all this on my own. I had other folks in my life, you know, seeing the best in me, helping me get out of my own head, encouraging me, calling BS if necessary. Well, it's uh, interesting too, as you sort of think about, I think the per perception of many people's part is, you know, you're in such a <laughs> mission critical job, you know, as a, as a fighter pilot, you're on active duty, you know, I know in parts of your 11 years is, is people tend to think about the military as being sort of unforgiving in that regard. But what you're saying is you actually found 
a ton of support. Yeah, yeah, I did. And a lot of it was outside of the Air Force. A lot of it for you or the people listening could be outside of their work environment. You have to be able to say the three most important words in life. And those words are, I need help. You know what I mean, Andy? Mm-hmm. And, and so, so building and nurturing those relationships and taking your mask off. And we talked about mastermind groups before and being with, with coaches and leading folks. You've got to be in a group of men and women who you can, can take your mask off and, and, and acknowledge and, and reveal your weaknesses and, and get folks to help you see what you can't see. This is really the whole fundamental philosophy of the wingman concept that I discuss in my book, Never Fly Solo, in my speeches and coaching, et cetera. When you may be strapped in by yourself at the end of the day, but truly there are others in your life who can help you prepare for those missions, who can be that support asset, uh, the folks who can encourage you and help you uh, to, 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 to break the barriers that may be self-inflicted many times. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, just to give an example, I mean, I've had this iteration of my business as an author and a thought leader and a podcaster and so on for about four years. And and yeah, I mean, I got to the point earlier this year where I said, yeah, I need help. You know, I, I joined a mastermind group. I hired a coach. I mean, I, right. even though I've been an entrepreneur for 15 plus years on my own, yeah, I reached the point with what I was trying to achieve. I knew I needed some additional perspective, some, uh, you know, other thoughts other than what I could provide myself in order to succeed. Totally. It is about the perspective. You know, your, your mastermind group, your peers, your wingmen, both in and out of your organization can help you see what you can't see. And so if you picture uh, strapping into an F-16 in that tiny little cockpit in any fighter, the most vulnerable position for you is your six o'clock behind you. So you need a wingman at your left nine o'clock or right three o'clock or someone in your formation to look over their shoulder to see that blind spot, to see what you can't see. And guess what's coming at you in combat that you can't see, Andy? Yeah. The, the enemy, right? The enemy, the absolutely. Competition, the threat. So, so like you mentioned before, the perspective, the wingman, the coaching, the mastermind groups, your peers, you have to build relationships with people who can see that blind spot, who think about you as much as themselves, who, who can call it out, who can tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. That's how great leaders grow, by being with others who, who can, can challenge them and call out uh, the missiles and embarrass them if necessary because they care more about them than, than the, potentially the job. They care more about them than their, the, the sale. Uh, right, and one of the key is. points I think you just raised was, you know, that I think people have to really listen to and hear again is that, you know, great leaders ask for help. Absolutely, and you have to be able to ask for help, and no one asks for help. But also, you know, I don't like I, I, don't, I have a saying: don't outsource accountability. Right. You have to put in the hard work first. You can't outsource it. So if, you know, for me to prepare, for you to be on this podcast, for you to experience all your, your successes, the executives and leaders and sales top guns who are listening to this, ultimately you have to put in the hard work. A leader practices, reads, rehearses, uh, you know, b- builds, their, builds their resilience, uh, works on their mental and moral, physical fitness. So you have to really, really work and do that hard work and not outsource it. Nobody can fly your jet but you at the end of the day. No one can jump into your plane, grab the stick and the throttle and do the maneuvers. So, so when I talk about wingman, I always fall back, Andy, on the fact that we have to be our most important wingman to each other, to ourselves, like that inner wingman. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you're showing up asking for help from your peers, your wingmen, without doing the hard work, without doing the research, without coming up with solutions, uh, you know, having the disciplines and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the, the work ethic necessary to grow, no one can do that for you. So, so make sure you're doing the hard work. And you're also working with people who do that as well. You can't carry other folks. We have a mastermind group right now, Andy, that I'm with. We, we, we have four, four top guns, four other speakers and coaches. And we brought in another person two years ago. However, however, they are failing. They aren't, they're, they're lacking in their health and nutrition. They're not putting the time that we give them coaching. They're not taking action on it. So we, did, we removed them temporarily from this group. Great person, great friend. I love this guy. However, we can't be with people who are dragging us down. Are you with me on that? Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. And so a great mastermind group and great leaders, you know when to say yes and know when to say no and continuously evolve the group of women that they're working out with. And it takes time. It, it takes constant evolution and refinement. Uh, uh, every mastermind group, every peer group has to evolve and be tweaked and, and, and evolve as, as we evolve or devolve. Some of us us are going backwards. They're going backwards, right. Well, here's a question for you then. Is leadership a personality trait or a behavior? Is it innate or learned? So I think it's it's learned. I do think it's learned. You, You can practice patience, listening, putting a smile on your face. You can practice showing up early, being an example to your teammates. You know, I flew with folks... Uh, Andy, that were that you you know may not have had the greatest personalities, commanders who were kind of nerdy, uh, maybe a commander who I didn't feel like, yeah, well, he's not the person that I'd want to drink in the bar with, whatever, or play ball with. However, he had his strengths, and any leader, you're going to have your strengths, and you're going to have to grow and work on those strengths. And, and certain things are outside of your control. Like I can't control some of my mannerisms in many ways, my accent, some of the ways that I am just being a New York type A fighter pilot, right? But I can control the, 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 those things that I mentioned before, being an example, listening empathetically, being a cheerleader, uh, being the smartest guy in the room when I show up to a meeting, preparing, right? Those things are traits of a leader uh, that, that I do believe are learned. Uh, and some people just have it. Some people are just charismatic and have that and believe that charisma. But guess what? At the end of the day, I'd rather fly with an uncharismatic, nerdy fighter pilot who got the job done, who I could rely on and lead with him or her than somebody who had that, that bleeding charisma that can share a speech and inspire me, but wasn't really emulating excellence day in and day out. Right. They weren't modeling the behavior that you wanted to see in a leader. So, so question before, you know, entrepreneur or small business owner or a manager listening to this program, what are some steps they can take to assess their strengths or weaknesses you know, in the leadership arena? Well, it goes back also to, to your wingman. There's a lot of different ways to develop this. But what I try to do is I always ask for feedback from the people I'm working with. If you're lucky, they'll be honest with you, by the way, because some of your, your employees may be afraid to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Uh, well, how, do you others, set, how do you set the environment to, to make people feel open and, you know, that, and to say, to be sincere about encouraging you know, open feedback that uh, you know, you're not going to take umbrage at? 
here's what you need to do first is when you sit down in an environment that's not offensive in, in a relaxed environment, you, you basically tell them uh, some of your challenges. Reveal some of your weaknesses. Show your vulnerability. Bingo. Reveal your humanity, your vulnerability. Share some of the things that you're working on, and then, and then that will kind of marinate the steak of feedback. I call it right. <laughs> hey, you know, what do you got for me? Share, share, and then they'll open open it up. You know, in the fighter pilot world, we have briefings and we have debriefings. We brief up our mission. We set objectives, goals, responsibilities, allocate them to everyone, hold them accountable, et cetera. And then after the mission, we come back and we debrief. We take off our rank, i.e. our ego. We take off our name tags and, and remove our personality so, in so many ways. And we conduct this debriefing and we take off our gloves behind closed doors and we're brutally honest with each other. And the first person that shares the feedback that what went right or wrong with the mission and with themselves is the flight lead, the leader of that group. So he or she, by revealing to the senior leaders in that, in that formation or maybe the new hire, that young gun who's maybe it was their first or second mission in the squadron, they'll be more apt to share their mistakes, the things that they messed up. The mm -hmm. things that they may have may, may may be able to share with everybody else, so we can all learn. So being vulnerable is not a sign of weakness. It's it's a it, you have to be brutally honest, reveal those scars, reveal the battle damage, so that others can share it as well. And I think this fosters open communication. It doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. It doesn't mean people are going to say like, "Hey, you did what? <laughs> you put my <laughs> life at risk today?" And you know, but better to do it. Uh, in a debriefing and learn from it. Better to hear the feedback from a peer, a supervisor, a, a, a coworker, or a customer uh, before the sale is lost, before the partnership is diminished. Right. Okay, good. Well, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with my guest, Waldo Waldman. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hi, welcome back to Accelerate with my guest, Rob Waldo Waldman. We've been talking about leadership and qualities of leadership. And a topic I want to jump into here is the difference between leadership and management. Because I think people sort of confuse the two. Um, and I have to admit, I mean, in my career, two of the best managers I ever worked with, and incidentally, they're both strong leaders, were people that came from the military, ex-military. They've been one in West Point, another Naval Academy. But no, I'd never seen anybody better at inspiring, motivating, and managing a team of people. It's, it's interesting because in the military, we have, you know, we're, we're sometimes forced into situations where we have to lead, where we have to learn, where we have to be humble, where like there's no, there's, you can't escape that environment. Sometimes in business or in certain relationships, you can escape However, in the military, it's different. 
It's a leadership laboratory. So when I graduated the Air Force Academy and was an officer, et cetera, sure, we made mistakes. But I think the reason why military leaders are so more adept in transitioning to the business world is we, we have that experience. We, we have that. We've eaten the humble pie. We've got the scars of character. Uh, and if we don't do our job, if we don't lead and truly engage and collaborate and build high-performing teams – then the consequences are pretty great. So you're forced to come up with solutions that, that lead to positive results. It's not like you're just going to lose a sale. Hey, we're going to lose our life today if we don't prepare. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Now, for people listening on the phone or in the interview, it, it's not your life and death, but it is the life and death of your business, your lifestyle, your kid's education, your dream home, your partnership. So it is imperative that we really lead and manage accordingly. Now, I think back to your initial question, management is extremely important. How to use the resources, how to delegate them, how to manage your day and your processes and delegate and all that stuff. The leading is more the soft skills. You know, the, the fighter pilot is in the cockpit and, and we have all these resources, we know how to use them, but now how do you integrate that plus the tactics with a team uh, that's and, and, and get everybody engaged, focused, and ready to go to battle. So, the, uh, you know, the soft skills, the communication, the listening, the, the character, the, uh, the self-disciplines, all those things are necessary to, to, to really create the, the, the hard results um, every day. But, but you need both. You need both. Um, but leadership is, is really about getting others to do uh, sometimes what they don't even want to do and still feel committed to the mission regardless. Right. I mean, it's inspiration. I mean, yeah. I, I, think, I think so much of sales is leadership. I mean, you're inspiring somebody to, to take a journey with you. You know, this buyer that has choices is you're inspiring them to say, you know, this is the path I want to follow in this particular instance for this, this task that I have to accomplish. Right. And, and, then, and then also, yeah, now you're inspiring them only to a certain degree. They're in the cockpit. They're taking off with you. You're flying. But guess what? If you don't lead them the right way, if you don't, you know, help, you know, hit the right target or, or deal with changes and contingencies because mm-hmm. you weren't prepared, guess what? They're not going to feel comfortable with you. Uh, so it's always, it's always about inspiration and then constantly preparing, constantly refining and honing the tactics and the, the processes. You know, I could be on a phone. You know, we had a sales call yesterday. The client was engaged. They were excited, et cetera, et cetera. But guess what? If we don't follow up, if we don't come in with customized solutions to the questions that they ask, they may feel inspired and like us, but guess what? It's going to diminish very quickly, continuously earning that inspiration to take the next step, to take the action, the sweat, the, the processes that are contingent with the uh, inspiration. Um, and, 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 and you got to keep, keep moving, keep going, because it ain't over till the target's hit and you're back home at the bar celebrating your victory, right? Right. Well, I think one of the things we're seeing in sales that's, that's concerning, and I had a friend who wrote a, a book somewhat about this, a gentleman named Mike Weinberg wrote a great book about sales management that was published last year. But one of the things you know, he, he identifies, and I certainly see it in, in work I do with companies, is there's sort of this, what I call it, absentee management occurring in sales, which is now there's so much data available that, you know, due to technology and being able to monitor our processes where, where you know, we have managers are basically sort of data jockeys or desk jockeys, Right. 
and so focused on the metrics to the exclusion of the people, which means that the leadership element is missing as well. So true. So true. You know, we have a saying uh, in the military, you have to walk the flight line. The best leaders, the best fighter pilots were the ones out there engaging the teams, shaking hands, saying thank you, being visible. Uh, lose sight, lose fight, another term. If they don't see you, if they don't hear you, if they don't feel connected with you, you're going to eventually lose the fight. They'll do the minimal. But if you don't continuously engage them and connect with them from the heart as well as the hand, they're going to, going to, going to lose that for you. And I agree 100%. The absentee management, looking at the processes, the paperwork, you know, what are your numbers today? Uh, and, and, and failing to lead and inspire is a, is a true detriment to, uh, to many sales managers that are out there. You've got to be visible. You've got to uh, continuously so what, connect. Yeah. So what sort of you know, concrete coaching tips would you give a manager? And, and sometimes you know, these are people, they just don't know better, right? I mean, they've sort of been thrown into the mix. They haven't had the requisite training. Uh, maybe they're just, you know, have been the top performing rep themselves and they got thrown into management uh, unprepared. I mean, what are some concrete tips you'd give them to... So first of all, you got you got to get to know your team. Uh, in in the squadron, the, the people were always changing. The you know we were moving, deploying new men and women in the squadron we didn't know before. The first thing that we did was we got together, we we connected, we we drank a beer, a cup of coffee, went to lunch. Uh, we'd have a lot of informal meetings as well as formal ones. So the first thing you got to do is get to know your team. I, I know some, for some that are remote, uh, it's hard. You know we're doing a Skype call right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't build a relationship on a phone, you've never been in sales. You can do it. Right. You can do it with your voice, your inflection, that heart. So get to know your team from the, you know, the outside in. Know who they are, what they believe in, what their passions and, and issues and challenges are, what, they, what their goals are. And so that they feel that you're bought in and understand their vision. So if your vision as a sales manager is to hit your numbers every quarter, uh, to make your VP of sales happy and, and, and keep, the, keep the, the mojo going, then you, then you have to understand the vision of your team. And as soon as they feel that you're bought into their vision, what they want, their dreams and goals, and that you're going to help them achieve it, they'll help your vision as a sales manager, which is, hey, guess what? Hit the numbers. You're the leader. You, you find other people who inspire you, but your team that you're managing, you got to make sure that they're doing what they need to do. So that's number one, get to know them. And then, and then... Uh, one, the key uh, point before you go on, I think the key point you brought in there is know what their dreams and aspirations are. If you can, you can show them that you're going to help enable them to achieve their dreams and aspirations, then that's, that's a huge step. It, it's so, it's Andy, it's just so key. This is not cosmic. Uh, it, it's just a matter of human to human, not, not email or metric or following up in your CRM system to make sure what you're doing, which we do need to do, by the way, because we got to hold folks accountable and set the example and fire people if they're not upholding the character and the standards and the performance. But we have to make sure that we're taking the, taking the time to get to know the people. And then we mentioned before is also asking for feedback and being willing to give it to them. Uh, if you want to manage your team, uh, everybody's different. Everybody needs a certain way in which to, to be motivated and inspired. Uh, that's going to change as you get to know somebody. Uh, that's going to change when certain issues and challenges happen. Many times the top performing salespeople will become demotivated in some ways because they're not being paid attention to by, the, uh, by their sales manager, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Why? Right. 
Because what do they normally focus on, Andy? They're focused on the slow perform, the low perform. And you're like, hey, what about me? I'm kicking butt every single day. Right, they get taken for granted. So if you can inspire that Top Gun to coach and mentor informally the, maybe some of the weaker players, find a way to inspire him or her to do that, leverage the expertise in that, in that formation that, of the men and women you're managing, maybe in, in some, you know, for, via an incentive or pay or, or recognition, guess what? Now you're leveraging that passion, that performance, that leadership uh, within that sales group. Not an easy thing to do. But, but uh, leverage it, but, but don't forget about the top performers. Don't spend too much time you know, dealing with the squeaky wheel that needs the help. That'll, uh, you need to make sure the high performer is still engaged and, and fired up as well. Excellent. Great. Well, good. Well, we're going to move to the last segment of our show. And after we're through with that, we'll give you a chance to tell people how to find out more about you. So in this last segment, I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests. The first one is actually a hypothetical scenario. You're the, the star of that show. Is In the scenario, you've just been hired as the new sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled out and they're, they're stuck and they need to get unstuck and move forward. CEO wants things to happen quickly. So what two things would you do your first week on the job? would have the biggest impact? Well, first thing I would do is kind of do a mini briefing with them, right? Uh, We'd we'd get into a room, you know, a cup of coffee, whatever, and I'd want them to get to know me, who I am. What do I stand for? What do I believe in? What are my values? You know, not not as far as sales or or processes, but the, the, the human behind the employee, behind the leader. I wanted to know what makes me tick, what my standards are, what I, what I'm, what, what are non-negotiables in my life, so that there's no, uh, you know, confusion over what I stand for. So, so that that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. And in the same sense, it goes back to what I mentioned before. I'd also want to get to know the team as well. You know, spend the time not just as a group because I'd want them to get to know each other and be in an informal setting. I uh, kind of take off their masks a little bit, but then intimately, one on one. You know, tell me about you. What are your dreams? What are your goals? Tell me about your family. You know, maybe they have a son or daughter that has Down syndrome that they, they spend a lot of time with. Or maybe they're, uh, they're a single, a young woman who's single and her job or her goal is to be the next, to take your job in five years, right? Mm-hmm. They're so relentless. So understanding and connecting with people where they're at, right, is, is really important. Meet people where they're at and then inspire them to a vision of what you see as possible for that group. Give them something to shoot for. We know each other. We're connected. But here's what we can do. Here's what I see for us. Can we get there? What do I need to do? What can we do together to get there? So, so set that vision, that metric, that vector to inspire them. And I think you'll, you'll, you'll set a, a good tone. And that, that does take time. And it may take a week. As a matter of fact, I'm doing that with my employee right now, Rainey, who's in the other office right now. <laughs> now fires, right? So as a matter of fact, I'm going to get off this phone and I'm going to make sure I spend a little bit more time with her doing just that. Uh, in the hustle and bustle of our world as managers, and you know this, Andy, it's easy to lose sight of, the, the, of the, that, that, that inspiration component right. to get into the weeds too quick. Right. So... So I'm going to get out of the weeds uh, this afternoon and spend a little more time with her, giving her a vision as well. Okay, excellent. So here's some rapid-fire questions. You can give me one-word answers or you can elaborate if you wish. The first one is, when you, Waldo, are out selling, what's your most powerful sales attribute? I think it's enthusiasm. No, I would say that's probably true. (laughs) 
I'm excited. I, I want him to just feel, wow, this guy is excited about this. And, and, I, and, and that enthusiasm combined with connection, that, that ability to connect heart to heart with somebody. Who's your sales role model? Oh, goodness. Oh. You know, I, I, let me be my mom. Okay. <laughs> right? That's she fair. listens. She listens. And then she comes back to me with answers and, and understands. I'm like, I, I always tease her. My mom's 81 years old. She doesn't have a college degree. Uh, she never was in sales, but she understands people. I'm like, Mom, yeah, you, I would hire you tomorrow if you <laughs> want to do this, just because she, she gets it. Excellent, excellent. All right, besides your own, what's one book every sales rep should read? I like, I like the book, The One Thing uh, by uh, Gary Keller. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, about what one thing you can do every single day to be that fulcrum, that focal point, which will ultimately affect everything else that you do. So many times we get in the weeds, putting out, you know, doing the small little items. But if we work on that big strategic imperative and mm-hmm. we get that done, for example, my book, when it was done, it changed everything for me. Right. It, it didn't close a deal when I wrote it. When I, you know, it doesn't, in, in, in essence, it doesn't, a book in, in and of itself doesn't sell, but it, it's the fulcrum point that opens so many doors. The right. One Thing by Gary Keller, fantastic book, uh, bring a highlighter because there's so many great notes. In it. <laughs> okay. Well, do. Sounds like a great recommendation. Actually, I'm going to download it today. So, uh, tough question here is, is what music's on your playlist right now? What are you listening to? Oh, Wild Nothing. <laughs> Uh, you said music, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wild Nothing. They're kind of an alternative band. Been out since like 2010. It's this one guy who hires independent uh, musicians. I, I'm an old new wave alternative rock type of guy, mm-hmm. but I, I love uh, indie rock. Right. Uh, I'm actually a musician myself. I need to get back into it. But Wild Nothing, I love it. Every stuff he comes out with is different and unique. And you have to listen to the subtleties in the, in the music to truly appreciate it. And that's, I, I think... Uh, really define my relationships as well. Oh, excellent. Okay, we're going to go sample some of that when we're done here, too. So, all right, so the last question is, what is the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Oh, you know, I I guess, you know, how I overcame claustrophobia Mm -hmm. as a fighter pilot strapping in for six or seven hours uh, because there's so much to it. It's about preparation, fitness, mindset, focus, et cetera, and realizing others are there to help you. Uh, So there's a lot of solutions within that answer. But I think any top gun, any person in life who who aspires to be better than who they were yesterday, I don't care if you're in sales or a parent or a coach, knows that things are going to get in the way. My claustrophobia threatened to get in the way. And I didn't let it defeat me. It humbled me. I broke through it. And it made me a better person, a better performer. And it's, and it's, uh, it's allowed me to really take a lot of other challenges in my life head on uh, with the same amount of fervent, uh, you know, fervor and, and discipline as I dealt with that. Well, good. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can hardly imagine. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, take a lot of will to get through that. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest. Waldo Waldman, how can people find out more about you? 
So if you, if you number one, Google Waldo Waldman, there's a ton of resources out there and videos and all that. Uh, and then also my website is yourwingman.com, www.yourwingman.com. You can sign up for a newsletter that will be a, a sales uh, team team building and peak performance uh, newsletter they can download. I'll also get audio of, or uh, written copies of my book, uh, Never Fly Solo. Uh, so that's the, the best way to do it, yourwingman.com. Well, and, great. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely, Andy. It was a pleasure chatting with you, and thanks for inspiring me as well. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And an easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate a part of your daily routine, whether on your commute, in the gym, or part of, make it part of your morning sales huddle, because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Rob Waldo Waldman, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.